Thank you for taking the time to listen to this sermon from Seekers Christian Fellowship. We believe that God's Word completes the believer, making them fully equipped men and women of God, ready for every good work. It is our prayer that through this message, you're challenged by the Word of God, built up in love for God and one another, conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. Morning, church. On this blessed Good Friday. Good Friday marks the climax of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Every year, we look back at history's greatest injustice in a human court and the suffering that followed Jesus after being wrongly convicted left him hanging on a pole, there to die. Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole, says Deuteronomy 21, 23. And hanging on a cross was the consequence of being cursed and displayed to public shame. The writer of Hebrews exhorts Believers to run the race with perseverance by fixing their eyes on the one who was hung on the tree. He is the author and the perfecter of the faith. Added information from the text. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Today, in our solemn Celebration, we are reminded of the joy Jesus saw himself and for those who will put their trust and faith in him. That encompasses his incarnation, his death, and his resurrection. On that dark Friday, now Good Friday, our Lord Jesus suffered immensely. I quote, if clo- if, what if clothes were more functional, having the ability to clean themselves after dropping ketchup or small colored drink on them? According to BBC some time ago, engineers in China have developed a special coating which causes cotton to clean itself of stains and odors when exposed to ultraviolet lights. Can you imagine the implication of having self-cleaning clothes? Make life easy. It will lighten your workload and also impact the economy. Regardless of our advances in engineering abilities and technology today, a self-coating may work for stained clothes, but not for stained souls. On every Good Friday, we are reminded that the author, the perfect of our faith, cleans souls that are stained. In Isaiah 1.18 reads, The angelous one is still saying, and up to today, Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord, 
Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. In ancient Judah, God was angry with His people because they had turned their backs on Him, giving themselves to corruption and evil and were worshiping false gods. But to make things worse, they tried to clean themselves by offering sacrifices, burning incense, saying many prayers, and gathering together in solemn assemblies. They were doing the religious things, yet their hypocritical and sinful hearts remained impure. The remedy for them was to come to their senses with a repentant heart, bringing their stained souls to the invitational holy and loving God, and His mercy and grace would have cleansed them, making them spiritually clean, white as snow. People without true God today are trying to find some solution that gives false peace to clean themselves when the work is already done on Good Friday, when Jesus said, it is finished. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ brings us face to face with two seemingly contrary attributes of God, that is, His love and His wrath. It was His love at the cross on Good Friday when He chose to remove the wrath from those who would humbly trust Jesus as their sin bearers. The full weight of our sins was laid on Him on that day. The Scripture says, He endured the cross and scorns its shame. We read again in Isaiah 53, 4-5, Surely He took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Then comes the conjunction. But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and with his wounds we are healed. See, church, Jesus saw the big picture. He saw the big picture in his suffering. He saw the joy. He endured many assaults psychologically and physically in the process leading up to the cross. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being, and his form marred beyond human likeness. In other words, because of what he went through, he didn't look like a human being. He was crushed and left hanging on the cross to die. Deuteronomy 21, 23 Anyone who is hung on a pole is under God's curse. Yes, Jesus 
took our course upon himself. Crucifixion, for all its horrors, was common in the fourth century. It is estimated that the Romans crucified about 30,000 people per year. This was the accepted death for political prisoners and criminals. Jesus was none of those. The cup the Father gave Jesus to drink meant also that he would have to separate from the Father in becoming our sin-bearer. He endured that holy separation and horror on that day when he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? One of Jesus' cry in his suffering was, I am thirsty. John 19, 20 to 30 reads, Later, knowing that everything had been now finished, and so the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked it on a sponge in it, and put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it up to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. An unjust execution. There's no thirst that can be compared with the thirst of crucifixion. For crucifixion is a long process of dehydration. Beginning with Gethsemane, where Jesus sweat, as it were, drops of blood, to his arrest, to his trials, before Ananias and Caiaphas, to his spending the night in a dungeon with a new series of trials, all fabricated in that morning, to the flogging and the forced and forced to carry his cross, such process of suffering would drain the fluids from his body. Now for six hours, he had hung on the cross without moisture. In the Swedish language, the words for thirst are fire and fire are related. Those who have been truly thirst say that thirst can burn like fire in one's mouth. How can the creator of rivers and oceans have parched lips? How can the omnipotence think of for a drink, thirst for a drink? How can the one who spoke the raging sea into submission long for a few drops of refreshment? Yes, the incarnated God-man who was thirsty had all the power in heaven and earth in his hands. He did miracles for others, but would not perform one for himself. He refused to turn stones into bread while hungering in the desert, and now he refused to create water while thirsting on a cross. I am poured out like water, 
and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd. Inside his mouth were cracks. Start to crack. And my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Talking about God, his father. God ordained will and purpose was carried out on Jesus on Good Friday. As he bears the weight of all our curses. Why did he bother to say he was thirsty only minutes away from his death? Why did he do that? We always count on scripture. The answer is obvious. That there was a prophecy that had to be fulfilled. Centuries earlier, David had written in Psalm 69, 21, They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. <clears throat> in your journey of life, you might say, I know that Jesus, I know that God sees me. I know that he knows all things. But what I really want to know is whether God feels my pain. Standing at the foot of the cross, we need no wonder. We need not to wonder any longer. Jesus felt the pain of rejection. Jesus felt the pain of injustice. Jesus felt the pain in his own body when he didn't look like a human anymore. He was crushed. And yes, he felt the pain of thirst. You see, church and believers, for you do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with you, empathize with you. Jesus was not aloof from the common suffering of humanity. Christ has entered our world like us, for us. He has participated in our suffering. He walked on the planet, ate our food, drank our water, and felt our pain. He understands your pain and my pain. Whatever you might be experiencing today, you can know with confidence that Jesus experienced pain and struggles and therefore he identifies with you. Jesus' willingness to share in our humanity not only secured our right relationship with God, but enables us to trust him in our moments of struggle. When we face temptation of any kind and hardship, we can lean on him for strength and support. Even, the Bible says, even, even in the old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am who will sustain you. I have made you, 
and I will carry you. Yes, church, when we face temptation and hardship, we can lean on him for strength and support because he's able to help like a loving father who understands and cares. I have made you and I will carry you. As a child of God, you do not go through everything in life, all your struggles alone. He goes with you. He's right there. He knows your pain because he himself suffered pain. He suffered injustice. Jesus' broken, Jesus broken body and identifies in times of your brokenness. Are you broken this morning? Jesus was broken too. He understands that. He is with you. It is very evident in society that many are thirsting for the abundant life. One of the first signs of life is thirst. We are all born thirsty as every newborn mother knows. But just as we come into this world with physical thirst, so also people are born with a spiritual thirst built into their souls. God deliberately created humans with that spiritual vacuum to have fellowship with him or her as we saw in the beginning in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. God always wants fellowship. And he built that spiritual vacuum in each one of us to have that fellowship. Some people are determined to quench that thirst through alcohol, money, power, and likewise. Others exist on some form of drugs because they cannot bear the pain of their own emptiness. Some fill their lives with pleasure of all kinds, trying to survive by continually igniting the sensation of their body. All of these watering holes give the illusion of fulfillment, but, in, but they only inoculate a man and keep him from the true living water that quenches the thirst that he or she is looking for. Jeremiah 2.13, speaking to the people of Israel. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. God complained about it. His own people did that to him. You see, church, the more affluent a society is, the more broken cisterns lure the unsuspecting. The issue is not whether we are thirst, for we all do thirst. The focus on Good Friday points to the cross and all it has accomplished. It is finished, was Jesus' last words. It was through the cross 
that brought us peace with God and gave us the courage and the strength for our journey. Each one of us have our own journey. And through the cross brings that peace with God to give us that courage and to enable us. One of the criminals, besides Jesus on the cross, said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Many speculate what it must be like for those who are in hell. What are they saying in hell? What are they feeling in hell? Jesus told a story to show how the fortunes of a rich man and a poor man might be reversed in eternity. It has nothing to do with being rich. I'm rich. So. It has nothing to do with being rich. But their state in eternity. Now the rich man, Jesus told his story. Now the rich man had no time for Lazarus when they were together in the world. But now they were in eternity. He said to Abraham, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger, the tip of his finger, in water to cool my tongue. For I am in anguish in this flame. What do people in Hades, who will eventually thrown into hell, say as they're going through the torment with this fire? They will cry out, I am thirsty. Hell is a lake of fire, a place of endless, unquenchable thirst. Good Friday solved that problem. You see, church, to that everlasting thirst, we had been condemned if Christ had not endured the cross. Thankfully, Jesus suffered parched lips that we might be able to drink from the wells of salvation. He endured the thirst of hell so that its fires might be quenched for us when he said, it is finished. Brothers and sisters, church, it is for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Scripture made it clear that we do not see the completion of a redemption in this life. Oh yes, we have our struggles. We have our problems. But Scripture made it clear that we do not see the completion of a redemption in this life. Just as Jesus overcame death, he purchased for us new bodies that await our resurrection. And Sunday tells us about that that's coming. 
In this life, we receive forgiveness. And we receive the Holy Spirit for those who believe as a down payment of future glory. And for those who put their trust and faith in Him, never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. Reason being, for the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to the springs of living water, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. And here comes the blessing for the joy set before him. Jesus on Good Friday endured the cross. Church, Jesus drank from the cup of death that we might be able to drink from the cup of life. He drank the cup of wrath that we might enjoy the cup of blessings. As we meet the thirsty Christ on the cross, our souls will never go thirsty again. And if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, and you're here this morning, or you're watching on YouTube, take a drink of this living water now, and you will enjoy it forever. The last invitation the Bible gives reads like this. The Spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty, come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of life, come. The last invitation from the word of God. In regards to sin, there is no self-cleaning solution. Only the blood of Jesus Christ. Have a blessed and a focused Good Friday. God bless you.